Hey there, it's Dr. Sophia Satterwhite, founder and CEO of She Heals the World. I'm so happy that you are tuning in to today's episode to hear the top lifestyle and business tips from women entrepreneurs all around the globe. If you found this show helpful, be sure to share it with a friend. That's how our community grows. Today's guest is coming up next. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the She Heals the World talk show. So today I have Ali Edwards joining us, who is a storyteller, and she uses the beautiful art of scrapbooking to convey her message to the world. Ali is going to share with us how to use scrapbooking today as a creative process. And also she's going to talk about her rise to success. So Ali, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to chat with you today. Yeah. So tell me about this work. This work is so interesting and I would just love to know how you got started in it. So I got started back in around 2002 because I had a child. That was my entry point. Um, a lot of times with scrapbooking, people will start because they have some sort of life event, whether it's a, a birth or a death or a marriage, you know, some, some reason, some, something sparked inside them that they wanted to document something, right? That's usually how people come to it. So my entry point was, was having a child, my first child, my son, who's now 19, just turned 19. And, um, I started at that time because I wanted to make a baby book for him. And when I started looking for baby book stuff, most of it was really cutesy, which was not really necessarily my vibe. Like I, I like more modern words and photos, graphic design look. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't, fi- I couldn't find any baby books that I really liked, but I ended up coming across a scrapbooking website that doesn't exist anymore now, um, where people were talking about scrapbooking with a little more of a modern take to it. So it's not like, um, you know, little stickers of cartoon ducks and, and things like that. It was more emphasizing the the words or the story and then the photos too. So lots of talk about photography, lots of talk about enlarging photos. Uh, and I immediately felt excited and at home and I was like, okay, this is what I want to do or you not for it as a job. Um, I'll talk about that in a minute, but, but mm-hmm. more as a, just like, yes, I want to tell the story of what this is like of having a kid now. And, and what does that mean to me? And, he's cute and baby and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Um, I, at that point in my life, I had planned, you know, plans, plans are good things. Um, I had planned that I was going to be a stay at home mom and I was going to have five kids and my husband was going to support me. And that was kind of the initial trajectory of my very specific look of, of what I thought life was going to look like. And I had gone to college and I have a degree in American history and literature and a plan on being an attorney. Um, that was kind of my initial direction in college and then graduated from college and was like, I don't really feel like I'm not ready to take the LSATs. I kind of just want to move to the town that my then future husband was from and let's just move there and let's just get married. Like that was kind of my MO. Um, and so we moved here and he was involved in a family business and I sold cellular phones 
for not very long because I hated it with an extreme passion and like wanted to throw up every day that I went to work. <laughs> but it was also like the lesson in that for me was this is not the right place. I am not in the right place for me. And so I actually went back to school after I got a uh, my bachelor's degree and I went to a community college here locally and got a graphic design degree. And the first day that I sat down in that program where it was targeting, you know, very specific graphic design sorts of things, I felt like I was in the right place. Like I knew this was where I was supposed to be. I loved the combination of words and photos, you know, even then, um, and obviously in a different way than, than scrapbooking, but just like that felt like where I was supposed to be. And it could be a job that I could do in the future if I wanted to, when I had my five kids and, you know, my husband supported me and all those things, <laughs> um, you know, like, it, so, so that continued on. And I worked as a graphic designer locally here just for a couple of years until my uh, son was born and then hadn't, didn't plan on working or going back to work. But once I started scrapbooking, I, I really, really liked it. And there were, um, you know, I was the kind of person, like I was online every day. I think I was a little lonely. Um, you know, my husband would go to work and I was at home with the baby and just seeking, you know, some other sort of connection with people. And at that time, these message boards, a scrapbooking message board became kind of a, a home base for me, I think. And, and so I would like make a scrapbook layout every day. And that's what I was like doing every day when my baby would take a nap or occupy himself or whatever. Um, and I just kept doing that. And then over time, I started getting some opportunities to actually do things within the scrapbooking industry, which is probably, I think it was like a $3 billion industry at one point. But anyway, so I started, I started getting job opportunities for that. And it was like, um, do a project for this scrapbooking magazine and do a project for that scrapbooking magazine. And maybe you want to join a creative team. And so that all started kind of in, in the 2003 range. And then from there, I have done a wide variety of things in 2005, I probably, I think that's when I, when I actually established that I was going to have a business, um, and just see what was going to happen, you know, where was this going to go? What was going to happen with it? And, uh, I had no, still no intention of like, I'm going to support our family doing this. I'm going to travel around the world and teach people how to scrapbook and I'm going to write books. Like this was none of this is, you know, this is me just like, this is fun. I like doing this. And my husband is supporting me. Yay. You know, that was kind of the initial thing, which there was a switch at a certain point where um, it became a much more serious job uh, for me. And I was spending more and more time doing it and I was making more and more money. And it at a certain point, I think it was about 2006, um, I think, where my then husband at the time, which we are not married anymore now, um, who I still think is a great person. Um, he was able to quit his job, um, because the, of the work that I was doing was able to support us. And he actually ended up running for, um, state office here in Oregon. And so he was able to pursue some of his, um, passions, which was awesome. And I felt really proud about that, um, from, from a working person standpoint, but eventually it, things started to crumble and that, that marriage didn't continue. And it was very, traumatic. But I was really, really thankful that I had a business and a job then at that point in time, where even if I was afraid of what was going to happen next, I had 
this business that was that was going to be okay, right? And that it was going to be able to support this this big transition in my life. And there's been various business transitions along the way. I've done a lot of work for other companies where I license my artwork to them. Um, I mainly do hand drawn lettering sorts of things. That's my main and and type based design work. Um, and it's kind of just grown into now I have a partnership with a company who manufactures the scrapbooking products that I design and they distribute them. And I sit at home here in my house in Oregon and continue to design products and make projects and encourage people to document their stories um, in whatever way it is, whether it's through scrapbooking or even just personal journaling. Like I can't imagine my life not including this now. Is that a short version or a long version? <laughs> that was the beautiful version, okay? I mean, it was... Lots of other pieces and parts along the way. I mean, you touched on so many nuggets there and really illustrating your story, I'm sure, can help so many other people see themselves and what you've been through, like all the way through to like being a stay-at-home mom and kind of wanting to find something that gave you purpose and um, and falling into this, but knowing that like, this ended up being almost your life's work. And it just kind of out because of a situation you were in at the moment. Um, You know, I'd love to dig in a little bit deeper on some of the hurdles you had to overcome once you realized that like, okay, this has to be a business, you know, after you've gone through a divorce and, and you're, you have this business and you're like, I, it's not my husband, it's me supporting me. It's me supporting me and my family. And like, how do I make this work? Yeah. You know, it's so interesting now too, because I, as I reflect back on a lot of it, like a lot of my self-worth, even I would say today is related to building this or, you know, the fact that this exists right. in in whatever way, like I'm, I don't talk about this very much because I just kind of keep working because I like to work and it's enjoyable, but I am really proud of how it has grown into this thing that almost has a life of its own. Um, there's been a lot of hurdles along the way. You and I were joking in the beginning, like I am I am generally a very go with the flow kind of person, but I think I've had a lot of practice trying to be go with the flow because mm-hmm. my internal self is very type A, very uh, black and white. Um, and I've continued to work on myself in, in allowing more gray spaces. Um, some of the hurdles have, have come really more like once, once things got a little bit bigger, I would say in, in the beginning, the hurdles were more personal. So the hurdles in the beginning were things like trying to navigate how I was going to work at the same time that I had a little kid. Um, and I had a partner, my husband at the time, who also was very passionate about what he was doing once he quit his job and started entering into politics. Um, and so we had a lot of headbutting over basically over whose job was more important, <laughs> you know, mm. and, and I think that this actually was part of the deterioration of our marriage, um, rather than being co-collaborators, we, and he would say this if he was on here, like we have a very, a very beautiful relationship that's continued on. Um, but we are both competitive type A and 
we got caught or I got caught in stories of how this was supposed to be. And wait a minute, now I'm making money. My job is more important than your job. Why can't you help more? Why can't you? That I was building up that kind of resentment, which was horrible for our marriage. And so to me, that was a, that was definitely a hurdle. It was a growth hurdle. It was a an emotional hurdle. It was a uh, relationship hurdle. It was just really hard because it was navigating those those beginning years where you really do have to put in the time, you know, the time to build something, giving yourself space and time to be able to think through what, what actually matters to you, what do you actually care about in this industry or in the work that you're doing. Um, and I spent many, many years really hyper-focused on this, just partly because I liked it, partly because I think it was an escape in some mm. ways. So part mm. of my story also that is happening along at the same time is that my son, Simon, um, my, that my firstborn son, when he was two and a half was diagnosed with autism, that also then played a role in, in creating additional hurdles, um, in lots of different ways. Right. So here's like, yay, let's do this business. This business is kind of just doing its own thing. And it, a lot of it was me saying yes to opportunities, right? Like it, opportunities are presented me saying, yes, I have no idea how this is going to turn out. I don't know if this is the right, uh, way that I should go, but I'm going to say yes. And then other times where I would be offered opportunities where I'd be like, yeah, that just doesn't feel that doesn't feel like it's in alignment. It doesn't feel like the right choice. Um, so there was always those kind of hurdles as well. In my case, I didn't have a lot of financial hurdles because mm -hmm. the business that I'm in, I was always partnering with other people. So I didn't need a, I didn't need to take out a loan. I didn't need an influx of cash to jumpstart a business. I was licensing, um, you know, doing those kinds of things with other people where they were taking on some of that financial risk um, in the beginning. And I was able to provide a service, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to come back to that, Ali. Yeah. But before we go there with, with the licensing structure, before we go there, you brought up this really important point about your relationship and how you felt when um, you know, your husband wasn't necessarily honoring your work like he may honor his. And I bring this up because believe it or not, I hear this a lot from the women in this community. And um, it's something that I think is more prominent than than people think. Um, I hear them saying, I want to, you know, launch my business as a coach or as an influencer or as a creative. And it's just getting started and it's nothing. We all started with yep. nothing in the yep. beginning. Yep. And they need that runway to just kind of prove that they can do it to themselves. But then they happen to be in a relationship where their partner maybe is in more of a formal position or something. And they just feel like they don't have his respect or support or whatever. And I'm just wondering, like, what advice would you have for those women who may feel discouraged and like that they want to do something amazing, but they don't know if they have full buy-in in their relationship to do it? I have a lot of opinions about this. <laughs> so some of it, you know, so much of it, I think, is traditional gender roles, right? Like, that's just, that's just a piece of it. And especially so i got i was very young when i got married you know mm -hmm. i was like 21 22 mm -hmm. so yeah. very young right out of college 
definitely influenced by um, the way that I grew up, which was privileged. I went to private school. I, um, my mom didn't work. My dad was the breadwinner, right? Like, like that seemed fine. Okay, well, I'm going to do that. And um, so I think that that, that felt very comfortable to me to follow that path. But I was 22. I had no clue. I didn't know myself at all. Right. Like I knew Mm -hmm. maybe what my interests were. I knew certain things, but sitting here as a 45 year old person now, like I know so much more than I did, you know, Mm -hmm. that, that we can't learn, I guess, you know, until we go through it. Um, I think for some women that we make choices that we think are the right choices for us. And maybe they aren't. And I'm thinking about that in terms of relationships. And I'm also thinking about that in terms of the work that we do. Right. Um, like for me, I, I thought that that was the path that I wanted to go down. And I fought, I fought very hard to not get a divorce. I didn't want to get a divorce. That wasn't part of what I wanted to have happen, but sitting here now today, um, it was the right choice to, mm-hmm. to have that marriage end and have something else happen because I don't feel like I was able to fully live in that situation compared to how I'm fully living now. And I don't want to say like everyone should get a divorce so that they can have a, <laughs> a rebirth in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think sometimes that might be the answer for somebody. And I feel like that there are lots of spaces where that is okay. I mean, it's brutal. It's horrible. It's all, Mm -hmm. and I come from a, you know, my, my experience has been a little bit different because even though it was not what I wanted, it, it has ended very amicably and, you know, myself and my ex-husband and his new wife and my current husband's ex-wife, like we consider ourselves all of, of a family and we do things together and what it's, it is (laughs) definitely a progressive sort of situation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you know, I think for, for, for women, you know, if you're, you're in a marriage, you love your husband, you know, or your partner or however your setup is, but you're not feeling that freedom of movement to pursue, um, something that might be calling to you or something that you feel like you really want to do in your life. I mean, I think you have to start by having a really honest conversation with your, with your partner or your spouse and, and, and really being able to talk about what you need. And just this month, I was just talking to a friend this morning. I went for a walk with a friend and I was talking about how I feel like this month in particular for me in my life, all the messages I've been receiving have been related to people identifying what it is that they actually need in their lives. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I've lived half of my life not knowing what I needed personally and just going with whatever, whatever the constructs are, whatever I was, you know, whatever I was taught in my own growing up where that doesn't serve anybody. Like it serves Mm -hmm. no one by not actually being able to identify who we really are and what we really need on the inside. And so I think that for any women out there that are struggling and and, and wanting to take that next step in a business, I think number one, identifying what do you really need and what do you really want and starting to have that conversation. And it might be that, that those conversations take a year to happen, like, or longer, or like, it's, I don't know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's hard. Yeah, I think that, that, you know, it's so insightful what you said, um, just about like, finding your voice is is what I hear you saying. Yeah, finding your voice and just understanding what do you what do you actually care about? mm -hmm. You know, like not what everyone else has told you to care about. Mm -hmm. What do you actually care about? And how do you pursue that? 
Sorry, I interrupted you. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. I interrupt people all the time. But, but I, you know, the point there too, though, is also that what you want matters. Yes. And it's, it probably isn't about the business, right? It's not, I mean, for heaven's sake, you could be wanting to sell socks and it could just be a trend or whatever, and then you yes. get over it. But the idea is that you want to be in a relationship with someone that values what you want. Yes. And that encourages you to pursue your dreams and to pursue your passion, whatever that is, if it's freaking yes. going to be in a circus. And, yes, totally. And, and I feel like that's what I that's what I heard from you too, is like you were able to take a stand for like, yes, that stuff that you're doing is important, but my work is important too, not because of the work, but because it, it's where my heart is right now. Yes. And um, I would definitely say I did not take a stand I was going along. I, I'm not going to get a divorce. Like that's not going to happen to me. Like that is just not, that's not a part of any other, my family stories. Like that's not what's mm -hmm. going to happen. And this is me talking to myself in my head. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and so I'm, I continued to feed into the resentment. I continued to let the resentment grow and then it, it was my husband at the time that was like, this isn't going to work. I'm leaving. I want to make it clear that, that me coming to these understandings are the result of all of these other things that happened. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, that of, of him standing up and me being like, what are you talking about? Everything's fine. It's great. You know, we have a fine relationship, which in many ways we did, but in some of the ways that really counted, we, we didn't. So through that process and the grief and, 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 and coming out on the other side. And I would probably, in my case, say finding a new partner who is that supportive, um, kind, you know, like you do you, I'm going to do me over here. This is what I care about. This is what I feel passionate about. This is how I'm going to live my life. And we can coexist and live along the same parallel rather than butting heads all the time. And, and, uh, I didn't even, I don't think I realized that that even was a possibility, you know, mm -hmm. that, 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 that my life could look different in a different way and that, that it could be really awesome. And that's kind of what I learned through that really negative thing that I don't think you, you don't necessarily have to go through something really negative to see that it's like, how, how do we tell people that there's possibility, mm. right? There is possibility. There is opportunity for you to change your mind, to do something different. And it doesn't have to be, you don't have to get a divorce for that to happen. You just have to be aware that there is, um, that it's possible. And then mm -hmm. things can happen after that. Mm -hmm. I love that. And what does your partner today think about the work that you're doing? <laughs> so obviously when I met him, so I met him in, in 2012, end of 2012. And uh, so at that point, you know, this was definitely already like big business and very much what I did. And I think that he thought it was funny, um, you know, like, <laughs> oh, that funny, but also cool that you can do yeah. this in your own way. But he's the kind of person that he owns. He actually owns his own business. And that was one of the reasons why we had a mutual friend that introduced us. But his approach to business is very different than mine. He is very hands-off. Um, he has a retail location where people work and, you know, he has a staff of people and he is, you know, very much a hands-off business person where when we first met, I'm like, oh, let's grow your business. How are we going to grow your business? What are we going to do? How, you know, you could do more marketing, you could do more blah, blah, blah. And he's like, step back. <laughs> You know, like that's not how I want to live my life. Like he yeah. wants to have um, much more freedom in how he spends his day. He lo loves music. He has all these other hobbies. Uh, 
but he is able to keep this thing going, you know, at the same time. And so I have learned so much from him in the last, uh, you know, however many years that we've been together now, um, Mm -hmm. about prioritizing lifestyle over, you know, financial success or Mm. those sorts of things. Like, which, you know, for me, it's like, oh, this is what, okay. So if I'm a type A person and I'm going to do this, this means that success will look like this, right? And here's this person that I adore telling me success can look something completely different. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) oh, you mean I don't have to work like 24 hours a day? And the person that I, my, I have a, person that works with me and she's basically the boss of everything now. Um, Mm. she's been telling me this for years, but it, it took somebody else coming in for me to be like, Oh yeah. Just a quick personal story. I feel like that's like the two segments of my life in like one relationship. You know, I started, I'm a type A too. And I started with like this drive achievement, you know, creating a multi seven figure school and like getting to the top of my industry before 30 and push, push, push until I was like looking around and I'm like, uh, I'm not really happy working like this. Yeah, (laughs) And I've worked damn hard. I better be happy as hard as I've worked. And now, you know, and I'm not saying, you know, you have to necessarily give up success traditionally to experience joy, but it really, for me, it's a hundred percent lifestyle over, over the push. Like my business is a 100% lifestyle business. And, um, and I love speaking to folks who, um, you know, are making, are making it work because your satisfaction with life and your fulfillment and all of that, it just, it matters so much more, you know, it matters so much more and yeah, so much more. And again, that was something that I didn't know. Yeah. Like I, I, it was something that I had to learn and, and, and that I continue to have to learn yes. because I still like, I want it to be successful and I want it to do well and I want to enjoy what I do. Um, but I'm continually like taking the temperature of lots of things. Like, how do I feel today? Like in the amount of work that I'm doing, um, how do I, you know, do, is there somebody else that we can have do this? So that, because that's really not a good use of my personal time. Mm-hmm. You know, can we get somebody else to do that piece so that I can go over here and focus on the creative parts, which for me, like that's part of the reason we've made some strategic choices along the way. Like, I don't want to be a manufacturer. I don't mm-hmm. want to be, I don't want to have a warehouse. I don't want to do distribution. I don't want to hire more employees. So for me, it was really important to find somebody to partner with who could do those sorts of things so that I can be here at my house. I can do the design work that I want to do. I can pick my kids up from school or take them to school or whatever it is that's happening. Uh, you know, and have that sort of freedom and flexibility. So again, that was choosing smaller rather than bigger, Mm. right? That was saying that I don't need to, uh, you know, do all of this myself and bring on all of that other stress, um, because it can work in a different way and that can, that can be satisfying to me. Um, and that's also just been, you know, over the years learning and figuring it out, which is what it is for everybody. Every single person is only figuring it out as they go along. That is the, the reality of everything. Yeah. And I, and that's really aligned to, to the topic of like using scrapbooking to increase your creative genius, because a part of having creative genius is also about flow. And I think one thing we don't talk enough about when we're talking about flow and getting in your zone of genius and like enhancing your creativity so that you can really like 
quantum leap in your life and business, a big part of that is learning yourself and learning like what you do well and what feels good for you in your business and being able to either outsource the other things or delegate or partner with somebody where that's their thing. And they love doing that. You know, I hate Excel spreadsheets. I freaking can't stand them. I did horrible in statistics, but my husband loves Excel and he's like, oh, I love it. It's just a a whole mathematical equation for him. I'm like, please just like help me with this Excel sheet. So finding those kinds of situations where you can partner with someone and bring them into your business so that they're in their zone of genius and you're in your zone of genius and everybody is in flow and in alignment. So totally good point. I didn't even think we would like touch on that, but I would say that was definitely a hurdle for me. And I don't know if you experienced this as a type A kind of person too, of the, some of the hurdles for me along the way, the things that were very hard were letting go, right? Mm-hmm. Letting go of pieces of, of control, essentially like, yeah. oh, okay. If, if, if I go down this path, then I have to trust that someone else is going to take the same level of care with mm. this as I would. And yeah. then it was also realizing that no one is ever going to take the same level <laughs> of care with anything as I would. I could get pretty close, yes. right? I can, I can find people that can get pretty close. Um, but I would say for me over the last 10 years, the, the, the letting go has been um, the hardest thing, but also the best thing especially if you want to grow, if you want to grow, you have to let go of there, you know, certain pieces along the way that, you know, there are just things if I want to get bigger, or even if I just want to sustain where we're at right now, mm-hmm. we're at a point, I can't do everything. Like yes. there's just, it's just not possible. And yes. so we've brought on, you know, I went for many years just with having one employee and that was great. And then my one employee, I hired her off care.com as a nanny. When I had my, my two kids are seven years apart. So when I had my second child, I was definitely into, you know, I had a business I needed to work, wanted to work. That was what was going to happen. And so we hired a nanny um, and it was this 19 year old kid at the time. So that would have been like 2009. And she has worked for me ever since then. And now basically is the boss. Like she does, you know, she's the one, she loves the strategy. She loves talking to the partners. She loves the day-to-day kind of stuff, the Excel and the looking at the numbers. And I'm here at home being like, can I scrapbook today? What picture can I, what picture can I play with? How can I put these different fonts together to make, you know, like, which is the part that I love to do besides connecting with other people. Like those are the things that I did, but it's been really hard. And I think for me, it helped having her as an employee who, I mean, she's kind of like a business coach almost in a way of like, listen, Mm -hmm. you got to let go of this. You can't, this cannot be a a part of your thing anymore. And so we've just recently, like last year we hired another person and this year we hired another person. And so it's where she's managing them because I'm also not, this is also not in my uh, immediate skill set. I don't want to be a manager of a lot of people. That's not how I want to spend my time either. So Mm -hmm. she gets to be in charge of that and she loves it. So they have their whole own little program going on over there. And I'm kind of like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to make another YouTube video, you know, like, <laughs> like it, it, it's definitely allowing me to do the freedom. thing that I like to do, which is, yes. is evangelizing about storytelling, um, and making pages and, and doing the things that started off the whole thing in the beginning. Love it. Love it. Okay. So let's get clear really quick on your business structure. So 
how does your business essentially generate revenue? Because you mentioned that you kind of work for companies, but then you also have like this amazing Instagram with a beautiful following. So what is the structure like again? So pre- in previous iterations, I licensed to a variety of different companies. So licensed my artwork, my handwriting, okay. whatever, to different companies. One company made stamps. So we, in scrapbooking and people in crafts, people use like acrylic stamps, so these clear stamps that you can see through. Uh, so I partner with one company for stamps. I partnered with another company for online education. So in, in context for me is I started a blog in 2004. You know, this is like before Facebook even, right? Like I've seen it without any social media. And now I see it, you know, with complete social media. So anyway, so those license agreements at, at a certain point in time, uh, this, the person that I, or the company that I partner with now came to me and they said, you've got all these different licensing things, which is cool. And I'm like, yeah, it's cool. I'm doing fine. You know, I'm able to support my family. Like I'm happy. It seems fine. And this company was like, well, what if we brought it all under one umbrella? What if we brought it all under one umbrella? We'll handle the manufacturing. We'll handle the distribution. We'll handle the customer service, which was also a a definite benefit to me personally. Um, And you can design, you know, you do the, you do the design work, you create the classes, you do the education. That's all, you know, you post on your blog, you do all those sorts of things and we'll have everything under one umbrella. So that Mm -hmm. was a big change that happened probably in, I think about 2014. And so now we work directly with them. We have subscriptions. So we have physical scrapbook kit subscriptions. Um, and I basically am getting a percentage. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. they, you know, subscriptions, um, I am a, project sort of person. So I like doing projects that have a beginning and an end. Um, and we do specific projects. Like one of them is called week in the life where you document seven days, um, in your life and you bring it all together with, you know, printing out your photos and adding words to it. Um, Mm -hmm. definitely encouraging people to pay attention to their everyday life and to celebrate whatever it is right now. We'd have a December project. So I love like these projects that have beginnings and ends. So we have releases that Mm. we're, you know, have the products come out. And all of those also have digital components to them. So there's a lot of people in the scrapbooking community that like to do digital scrapbooking. Yep. um, And that, you know, can happen within an app or it can happen, um, we call it hybrid, where you print out products that you can also purchase physically. So you can have the physical version, but you can also print out your own version to make a physical version. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, so all of my my business structure now is, is basically set up. We do everything through this other company. So all the classes and and they manage my website and it's worked Mm -hmm. out um, pretty good for me. There's been definite highs and lows and lots of lessons learned um, in terms of that partnership because I was kind of the guinea pig person for the Mm -hmm. way that this company, uh, their name now is Inked Brands. They kind of shifted from originally being a scrapbooking company, a kit club company to an influencer commerce company. So Mm -hmm. now what they do is they partner with influencers who either have products that they already want to manufacture or they're looking for someone to partner to create products for them which then they sell on their channels. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's Mm -hmm. kind of what they do now, but I was like the guinea pig. And so that was a lot of like learning to let go of certain things and having some major fails and some things that really like didn't work in the way that we hoped they would. And then other things that have just been really great. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've all learned a lot 
along the way. Um, but that's how that's set up. And then we have, you know, we have, I have a personal Instagram, we have a business Instagram, we have some project specific Instagrams. Um, Mm -hmm. we have Facebook communities. I just personally like this starting in January, I'm taking a step back from Facebook. I just have like hit the wall there for myself. Yeah, it's uh, too much. It's just too much. And and so one of our creative team members that came on as a um, a moderator and as a community manager for those groups, allowing me to take a step back. And mm-hmm. that's really hard. It's a very hard, it's a very hard thing for me to not be involved with those. But yeah. I also like felt a very strong desire that that was the right decision for me um, at this point in time to take a step back because I was um, spending way too much time checking in on Mm -hmm. all of that. And like, it was taking up too much space in my brain. I needed some space to be able to think about the projects and think about products and think about um, storytelling and other things rather than monitoring customer service related things on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Do you have any tips for other creatives who want to get into this like licensing thing where they're like, I'm a designer, I have beautiful artistry and like, I want somebody to pick me up so that I can, you know, create a kind of licensing agreement with them. And they just like license and sell my work. And I just get to create all day. Yeah. I, you know what? I honestly, I don't know a lot about the actual business of licensing. Like in, in my case, it was people that came to me and they were definitely like scrapbooking company people, very Mm. industry specific that came to me and said, we want to license your artwork for scrapbooking products, probably because Mm. I was already scrapbooking, right? Like I was, had become known within the, within the industry itself. Mm. Um, so I don't know a lot. I, I would, I would guess that it is the same as many things, which is, you know, sharing your work, continuing to show up in a very consistent way. Like if you're, if you start an Instagram account, you know, where you're starting to build a following, um, that's probably one of the ways where licensing companies are looking for people. I would assume that would be Mm -hmm. one of the ways, right? So setting up an Instagram where you are regularly sharing your work, which is really what I did in the beginning in a different, you know, in a different time when social media wasn't the same, but it was had, you know, these message boards where I was like showing up every day and here's a new project and here's something else that I did and here, you know, just, and I was sharing it just cause I like doing it, yeah. which anybody that is doing any creative sort of stuff, like, I really hope that you like doing it, that you like doing it. Cause if you don't <laughs> like doing it, you're probably not doing the right thing. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I know that you can apply to, you know, or send your work to companies that license, um, specific people. So I would probably say part of your research is just figuring out who would you want to license with? Like, mm-hmm. who's your dream license thing and why? Why are they your dream license thing? Um, But from there, I feel like that there's so many cool things that happen, you know, for the negative pieces of social media, there's also a lot of really cool things, right? Where people are doing fun collaborations. And I feel like there's a lot of people that are looking to do collaborations with other people, whether they are manufacturers or licensing groups or, you know, to the part of it is a lifting other voices sort of thing, but also just that this is a way for anybody to get recognized, right? Yeah. Some of the barriers are dropped because here's this beautiful social media thing where you can pick it up and I can scroll through and I can look on like a calligraphy hashtag or something and I can see tons of awesome work. So I wish I had more specific like No, that's helpful. Is that good? Okay. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) 
Okay, good. Ali, you are a wealth of information. I mean, we've talked about everything from like your partner not supporting your work to how to get seen to building your brand and finding your calling and finding your life's work. So I feel like this episode was so chock full of resources for folks. I mean, before I let you go, I want to honor your time. I would love if you could maybe just give us a quick top two or three tips for folks who are thinking of using scrapbooking to just kind of reset and, and, and reinvigorate those creative juices that are flowing within them. For sure. So what I would say is at the core of scrapbooking for me and what I advocate for is words and photos. So what I, what I really encourage people to do is use it as a practice to pay attention to your life. Um, try a project like a day in the life project. And that's probably something that many people are familiar with because it's something that people do on social media or YouTube or wherever, but, but pick up your phone I wake up in the morning, just take pictures throughout the day and open your notes app and write down, you know, like, what are you doing? What does your life actually look like right now? Paint me a picture of what your life actually looks like. Like that is documenting, that is storytelling. What I have learned over the years of doing this, and for me, it's, it's having enlarged photos and playing with type. And there's this whole other level to it that I get great satisfaction of. But I think that the core of it and the, the pieces where I have really learned the most about myself are through the process of writing and through the process of taking pictures and seeing my life reflected back to me. What do I look like in my life? You know, how, Mm. you know, reflecting myself back to me and then writing stuff down. Um, And it can be, you know, those, those really basic things of like, this is what I do at five o'clock and this is what I do at two o'clock and you can focus on routines and there's lots of other things. But the other tip that I would give, and I think that um, for for, for scrapbooking and or creativity is any way that you can bring in gratitude. I feel like that's been one of the best pieces of scrapbooking for me. And I do a lot of scrapbook layouts that are, what am I thankful for right now? And here's a list of five things. I know people talk about doing a gratitude Mm -hmm. journal all the time. And it really does. I think it really does make a shift within your brain to help you focus on the things that are good and the, and the, the, the pieces that are really magical and beautiful in your life. And I think the more that you focus on those, the more that that influences the decisions that you make in your business. So yeah, it's really, it's so much of it is getting to know yourself, right? That's what it comes back to again. And whether you're writing it down in a, in a notebook or you're, you decide you want to do some traditional scrapbooking and you're writing it down on a piece of cardstock. I don't think that either one of those necessarily matter. I think the the main part of it is giving yourself permission to write down some of the things that are happening in your own life and using that as a tool for self-discovery. Beautiful. Absolutely amazing. Ali, it has been such a pleasure having you on the show. If you could look back and give your 10-year younger self any piece of advice, what would it be? Oh, shoot. What was happening? I don't even know. I'm trying to think. I got to remember. Okay, what year was this? 2011? Oh, my God. So 2011 was the year that I got divorced or the year that that he left. So I, I think at that point in time, I was really afraid of... Was I going to have enough money? Was I going to was I going to be okay? What was going to happen with my kids? Uh, so I think for me, the message that I would send to myself is really, is it's going to be okay. Like it's mm-hmm. it's going to be okay. You can not worry about some of these things. You can worry about some of them, but you, some of these things you don't need to worry about because it's going to be okay. 
Amazing. How can our audience find and support you? You can just find me at AllieEdwards.com. That's the best place, I think, or on Instagram. I have I, I my personal Instagram account. I post all kind. You know, I post about flowers. I'm really into flower gardens. Um, I post about flowers. I post about books. I love to read. I post some scrapbooking stuff. And then we also have an Allie Edwards Design Inc. Instagram account is our business Instagram, and that's the best place if you want to see what can scrapbooking look like today um, and kind of you can learn more about what our business does um, on that account too. Beautiful, Ali. Thanks so much for coming on the show and I can't wait to have you back. Thank you so much. It was really fun talking to you. So much fun. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to the She Heals the World talk show with Dr. S. To learn more about how to live your life by design, grab a freebie at sheheelstheworld.com forward slash freebie.